we're going to t- today to talk with Jeff Davidson about how to attend a meeting. And this is really key because this is a passionate area for me. How you show up, how you prepare. I mean, most of us, we now today we get on a Zoom, we get on a Microsoft Teams, we roll into a meeting online, now offline. Now it's a little awkward because people these days are going back to some in-person meetings. But how you attend, your mental state, how you prepare, I think is so critical. Many people show up just like consumers, like they're watching a Netflix. How should we attend meetings in a better way today? I think this is crucial. First and foremost is to make sure you got enough sleep the night before so that you can be alert and awake in the meeting. The studies show that meetings that start at 7.38, 8.39, invariably, if there's enough people in the, in the meeting, and I'm talking about a live meeting here, somebody is fighting there is the urge to nod off. I mean, this is, <laughs> you can just walk in any place in corporate America or throughout the world and you, you'll spot these people. They're fighting it. And, you know, maybe they had a newborn who was up at 2 in the morning. Maybe their aged mother had uh, a problem. Generally speaking, sleep is, is your best resource and a good breakfast for heading into the meeting. But as to the specifics related to the meeting itself, First off, these days, in many cases, we can get a roster of who will be attending in advance. If it's a conference or convention, very often attendees are listed. If there are exhibitors in exhibit hall, those exhibitors are listed. Even if it's just a small company meeting around a boardroom kind of table of eight people, we contemplate who's going to be there even if we've met with these people before. Just a few minutes of contemplation, even a minute of contemplation of who, who's, who will be there, what their viewpoint happens to be on particular topics. Ralph always brings up this, this, this lady always brings up that. That can be helpful. Obviously, if there's a meeting agenda and you can get a hold of the agenda in advance, and you know how much time is allotted to each topic. If you have something to say and you need to pass along a note to the meeting chairperson that says, I'll need three minutes when we get to this topic, that's to your advantage, certainly. It's wonderful when you're at a meeting if you have some way to take notes, record, or otherwise document Items that you hear that will be critical to your life, your career, your team, your division, your department, whomever. It's not enough to just sit in there and go, yep, okay, got it. Mm -hmm. Our ability to remember what we've heard in the short term diminishes rapidly as we leave the meeting, as the next day unfolds, a week later, and so on. Studies show that... Some people will have retained less than 10% of what they heard seven days earlier, even if it was crucial, even if it was of strong interest to them. And so these days, especially if no one objects, that you want to just turn on your recorder on your cell phone and just play it back later, slowly and carefully, take the notes that you need to, or just hear it a second time for reinforcement, that'll make a big, big difference 
Now suppose you are asked to have a huge contribution to make a huge contribution to this meeting. In other words, you're going to be presenting for, you know, eight or ten minutes or whatever. Let me go back to the name Ralph because I don't know anybody named Ralph. So Ralph will now give us a 10 or 12 minute presentation on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ralph has a slideshow. Ralph has PowerPoint. Ralph has a video he wants us to watch, what have you. Well, obviously you had to practice that, but the practice is not as onerous as you think. Very often you can go through this in your mind. You don't have to articulate it out loud. You know, Olympic skaters doing their four minute routine can practice on the plane before they land in Japan, all right? They can go through their entire routine mentally in the plane, in their plane seat. And they can go over and over it, that four-minute routine, maybe a dozen times. They land, they get out on the ice, they'll be at a higher level than the person that just, you know, watched movies and ate and, you know, talked to the flight attendants and whatever. <laughs> so... Just mental contemplation of the part you're going to play if you're making any kind of presentation will bring you along, help you to start at a higher level and be more effective throughout. Now, will there be a break during the meeting? Take advantage of breaks, stretch, get water, do whatever you need to. Don't just sit there, get up from the table, it makes a difference. For meetings that last more than 20 minutes, your veins and arteries, arteries will thank you. If you're stuck in a seat, then while you're sitting there, flex. Raise your toes, and then the other part that's harder to do, raise your heels. I think I got that backwards. It's easier to raise your heels off your toes. We're both doing it right now. All right, exactly. <laughs> the point is, flex your lower leg. Present to prevent any uh, sluggish feeling, cl uh, clots, what have you. Mm -hmm. You can also do a variety of stretches in your chair. Nobody will think you're out of your mind. You can extend your arms forward to the side, upward. You can clasp them over your head. You can lean to the right and the left with your arms clasped over your head. You can certainly do a semi-trunk twister in your seat and so on. All of this is to the good, especially for longer meetings. And here we're talking 30, 45 minutes or more. Because you know that the researchers tell us sitting is the new smoking. <laughs> Here's a key. We talk about active listening. One of the meanings of attend means to be present. How, and that doesn't necessarily mean... Being the person that is the loudest, ask the most questions, who's aggressively out front. But being truly being present is what you're talking about. When you have enough sleep, when you're actively engaged, how important is that at a meeting? Well, it's important from the standpoint that other people pick up on the fact that you are actively engaged. You look at the speaker, you might be taking notes. Uh, you're not daydreaming. You're not looking up. You're not looking into your little cell phone screen. You're not doodling. You're not doing a variety of things that tell other people you don't care. Mm. And so even if this is your third meeting today or your fifth meeting this week, and all of them have been god-awful boring, <laughs> if you're the one 
who is responsive and vibrant. Somebody else is speaking. You're the one fresh face around the table. That person feels better for having you there. Mm -hmm. Okay? When you have a friend in the audience, or friends even better, you do a better job. I know professional speakers who will stand at the door of a meeting room as a hundred people pile in and shake the hands or greet every single person who comes in because now each of those people are more favorably disposed towards that speaker than otherwise. If you have time before the meeting, whether it's eight people around a table or a hundred people in a conference room or more, and you can speak to some people ad hoc before the meeting begins, whether you know them already or whether you're meeting them for the first time, once again, you've gained some fans. You've made a connection, however small, and that connection helps you if you're doing any kind of presentation during the length of the meeting. Say, say it's 45 minutes and your part is 10 minutes. Those people to whom you made some conversation, with whom you made some conversation before the meeting started, are going to have a higher probability of looking favorably upon you because you made the connection. They're not even aware that they're looking more favorably upon you. They just do. Attentiveness is so critical. In fact, the people in the room can often make the meeting great. Uh, by making those early connections, by being attentive, by speaking good about what they learned. Even if there were three things on the grocery store shelf you took off and the other 15 were boring or not great, talking about those, ruminating on those, taking the good out of a maybe not so great meeting, I think says a lot about you, your character, and it will benefit you if you intend in that way. Absolutely. And from a pure Machiavellian standpoint, if you will, the fans that you may have created prior to the start of the meeting may also turn out to be vocal supporters in case there's somebody who's dis detracting or disagrees with you or brings up an objection. I once gave a speech to a group who shall remain nameless. It was hour long, and it was, it was good, and they, they knew it was good. And everything was humming. Then afterwards, we got into the question and answer session. One particular gentleman raised this concern about, well, what about the shareholders that aren't going to want blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? Everything came down. Everything dropped. Everything went south with that question. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad he didn't bring it up during the hour that they had recorded me and I gave this brilliant speech. <laughs> he brought this up and now I had no allies in the room and they all started to be concerned and now they backtrack in their mind as to the wonderful advice I had given them and say, oh, but if the shareholders are concerned, how good, how good a piece of advice was that thing he said mm. about the 40, 42 mm -hmm. minute mark? 
And so I learned from that that you, you really don't know who's going to come up with a zinger sometime late in the game. And so you want to try to make the connection with as many people as possible. In that room, there were, there were enough people, or should I say few enough people, so that I could have had a little chit-chat with every one of them before it started, or I could have made some contact, even if for you know a couple of seconds, hey, great to, great to have you here today. Hope I can touch on some points that will have value for you. I could have walked around to the chairs. I didn't do it. After that meeting, I learned how important it was because you don't know when one of these, I'm going to call them naysayers, mm -hmm. And I have to tell you something. The point that he brought up was not even all that valid. But everybody glommed onto it. Exactly. What, as we wind down, what are some, I think there's some extra credit too. Those who attend and make the meeting better, if you take that as your responsibility, if you say that's a part of how I actively participate, what are some of the things that people can do to help the meeting go better if something happens that wasn't expected, if someone needs a little preparation, maybe even after the meeting? I think there's some extra credit people can get. Well, there's a, you know, there's always extra credit. I mean, you can, somebody makes a rough point and, and, and you're looking around and there's frowns and so forth. You can chime in and say, yeah. We tried that and it actually does work. Or, you know, that, that seems like a tough road to hoe, but it's a lot easier than doing X, Y, Z. So in other words, you can make critical statements of 10 seconds mm. that can help get past a rough spot. That's a big one. Okay, another one would be if you take notes and then afterwards, you clean up your notes and you circulate to everybody and say, just in case this is of value, here are the notes I took. I'd appreciate anything that you, you took away from the meeting. And you'd be amazed because a lot of people, <clears throat> for a lot of people, your notes will be what they get from that meeting long term. And sometimes a speaker or, or a leader of the meeting will ask, hey, could, could anyone go over some of the things that they got out of this that they might apply very quickly? It's really interesting when you have someone who, who is listening and actively attending says something like this, Jeff. I picked up multiple ideas here, but three I think that I'll be able to apply pretty quickly, and, and I'm really eager to do this, and you name those quickly and get out of the way. Wow, when people have that, it, the other participants often check themselves and bring up. That's, that, I think that's, it's not just being a fan, it's not just echoing, but it's reiterating what you've learned. That helps you retain it. It also influences the other at the meeting. I find that to be very brilliant. Yeah, no, that, that is a, that is a, a real phenomenon. <clears throat> Somewhat related to that, Tom Peters, who was a co-author with uh, Waterman in uh, In Search of Excellence, he said that when he learned something from a meeting, or it could be a book or an article, he would try to pick at least one thing 
that he would put into practice immediately to make it part of his routine. If you shared that one thing that you're going to put into practice, that has an impact on people. So right after the meeting or before the meeting ends, if you announce that, you say, you know, that idea was sounds so good to me, I'm going to try to put it in practice this afternoon. But if you don't announce that, and the next day or the next week, you put it into practice and it works for you, and you circulate a memo to everybody, or you put on the uh, shared um, drive, you know, the message board, hey, from that meeting, I implemented this idea, and here's how it worked for me. Then you get that extra credit, even though a week has passed. And in many cases, it's an enhanced extra credit because a week has passed. Time passed, other things happened, but you're still now on the trail of what you picked up at that meeting. So whoever scheduled the meeting or chaired the meeting or was the dominant presenter during the meeting is doubly pleased that a week later mm. somebody announced they put into practice an idea they heard and it works. I'll go one further on you. You know, I've spoken to more than 1,060 groups during my time, and I've received more than 1,000 letters over the years of praise. People saying, I'm glad I attended, best session I heard, valuable information. Well, it's always gratifying when those things come in in the next couple days or weeks. Every now and then, I get one six months or a year later. Think about this. That's powerful. You get a kudo letter a year later and say, they always say the same thing in the first line. I'm sorry it took so long to write this or, you know, whatever. <laughs> sure. And then they say, your session last year at this time impacted me in profound ways. Here's what I've done since then. Will you think about that letter? That's the letter you want to send to every other meeting planner if, if you're a professional speaker and you want sure. to be hired, that's the letter you send to every other meeting planner because it wasn't just somebody going gaga after the meeting. It was somebody who reflected a year later. And man, does that carry weight. It sure does. All right. Attend. Actively participate. Get your rest. Get in there. Listen. Be an attentive, active listener and get the most out of the meeting. You'll be a blessing to the people who are putting it on, the speaker, the leader, and it will enhance your career. Jeff, last word. The great news for each of us is that we have the opportunity to make more out of every meeting we attend. Long meetings, short meetings, well-attended meetings, sparsely attended meetings, all of it holds potential for us. 